Well, we're in a series called The Heartbeat of Hope, and we are winding it up next week. And this week and next week, we are going to talk about uh, our heart for seeing lives changed. And one of the privileges I have as um, one of the pastors here at Hope Covenant are these stories that I get to hear of different lives of people as their lives begin to change and they start following Jesus. I think of one guy that I first met, one of the first guys I met here uh, when I came to Hope uh, as a temporary guy for just six months that I was going to be here two years ago. Um, but I met a guy named Beck, and uh, he and his wife had come from a, a pretty hard background. They had been dealing with a lot of different <laughs> difficult stuff, uh, but they came here, and their lives, Jesus changed their life just through being a part of this community. Uh, he ended up getting a job back uh, home in the Northwest, and so they moved back there, but they're still following Jesus, and they found a great church to be a part of there, but stuff like that is just fun for me to watch. I, I, we, sometimes we just have these little snapshots of time in people's lives. Lives and, and we just never know what God wants to use it for. Think of a, a couple of guys um, that came about the same time as, as um, that young couple and, and these two brothers uh, really kind of pressed in. Um, they came while Pastor Paul was still here. And then they hung around and um, went through Alpha with us, which is a, a, a class that we do at least once a year that, that helps people discover what it is to follow Jesus and what are the different things that Christians, you know, believe and are, are, are calling people into as we decide to follow Jesus. But um, one of the brothers, he got a, a job at a radio station up in um, uh, Colorado, and, and he moved, and, but he's still following Jesus. In fact, uh, he got baptized not long ago, and his brother, uh, we just baptized his brother a couple weeks ago right after, um, right after the service. So there's just these fun things where we see where lives really get changed. I can look around the room here even and see people that I know your story and what God's done through your life is miraculous. And you have these incredible stories going on, and, and some of you are heroes of mine because you started following Jesus and you've watched him change your life. And next week, we're going to hear one of those stories, uh, Mark and Tracy Sullivan. Next week, are going to do the message, and you're going to hear more about their story. It hasn't been an easy road. They will both tell you. Uh, they don't pretend that now everything is just perfect and rosy and wonderful, and they have it all together. But these two love Jesus. And following Jesus has changed their life radically. So if you have in your house or friendships that you have people that are struggling with addiction or abuse or, or stories that they're like, there is, I just don't think there's any way Jesus could make a difference. If you have folks like that in your life, make sure you bring them with next week because it's going to be a, a story of the hope that we find in following Jesus. Uh, and, if, and if anybody has doubts that Jesus can actually make a difference in their life, they need to hear Mark and Tracy's story because the reality of their life is an amazing story. And again, they would say, hey, we don't have it all together. Uh, we're, we're certainly not perfect, but I get to walk alongside them and see the growth in their life, and so, some of you do as well. Um, and their lives, because of the love and grace of Jesus, uh, have been radically changed. Um, uh, these last couple weeks, I've had a chance to sit with a couple different people who decided to start following Jesus. And that stuff is so, so fun. I love hearing those stories of what, what Jesus is doing in their life. Um, but not all the stories are, are, are just exciting and wonderful all the time, because... 
Sometimes people share with me some very painful, tragic stories, um, and I don't share the details of those stories because I want people always to feel safe with me, um, and you're safe with me, you're safe with Pastor Jim. There's a lot of safe people that we're not going to, you know, people wonder, you know, okay, if I talk to the pastor, is my story going to end up in front of the room? No, it's not. It's not. Unless you're Jim, then I will tell Jim's story to you, <laughs> right? It's, I can, and you'll tell my stories to them, yeah, so we don't tell each other anything. No, just kidding. Um, but, but it's all, you know, an honor that Jim and I especially, and, and several others here, that we get to share these stories. We have this role in our lives where we get to walk with people in their stories. See, because everybody has a story, don't they? Everybody has a story. Everybody in this room, you have hopes and you have dreams and you have burdens and you have battles. Sometimes things that feel too deep to put words to and sometimes um, when you tell those stories, you get really raw, you get really real, you get very honest. And I have to tell you that because of what Jesus did on the cross, you can share that stuff. You don't have to live in hiding. You don't have to carry that stuff and be alone anymore because the power of Jesus can change your life and send your story in a new direction. And when you tell those stories, those of us that get to hear you tell those stories know that we are standing on holy ground with you because God shows up in those moments and in your story. Well, this morning, I am excited. Um, my message is going to be a little shorter because we're going to be baptizing uh, seven people this morning, seven or eight, yeah, so... I made a comment in a smaller group of folks earlier this week that, hey, so we're going to be doing these baptisms, so my message is going to be a little shorter, and that person, one of the people let out our big holler like, woo, yay, yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be offended. I tried not to take it personally, so. Um, but if, uh, by the way, if any of you were here thinking, wow, I wish I would have signed up and gotten baptized, i uh, got good news for you, because at the end of the baptisms today, I am going to say, if you even feel a tug right now that you're like, I've always wanted to get baptized, like, I, I do follow Jesus, I haven't been baptized, or maybe there's something that's just gone off the rails in my story, and I'm starting again following Jesus, and you want to get baptized, you can do that this morning. We have a few extra towels here even, um, just in case you want to join in. So at the end, uh, when we do the baptisms, you can jump in line with us and, and you too can be baptized. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about baptisms. Because baptisms have been done for the last 2,000 years. People have been getting baptized, and it's fun that, that we get to carry that on today here at Hope. But baptism is a huge part of the story of followers of Jesus. When you decide to become a follower of Jesus, getting baptized is a huge mile marker in your story. But I know for some of you, perhaps you've never even seen people get baptized before, or you're wondering what it's about. So I'm going to spend just a little bit of time here really sharing what baptism is all about and why we do this. Because a lot of times there's confusion about baptism, because honestly, Almost every denomination has a little different take on baptism, um, and a lot of those takes are very, very different and drawn really hard lines about you can do this, you can't do that, and you got to do that. So uh, I'm not going to get into the weeds on a lot of that, but let me get to some of the basic questions that I think we hear frequently when people wonder about baptism. One very common question is, okay, do I have to get baptized in order to be you know, saved, in order to be a follower of Jesus? And the answer to that question, let me say it loudly and clearly here, no. No, you are saved by the grace of Jesus, right? 
it's not Jesus plus baptism. It's not Jesus plus going to the right church, even though the right church is a good thing. It's not Jesus plus um, giving, although giving is a wonderful thing to do if you're a follower of Jesus. But it's not Jesus plus, um, you know, reading your Bible every day, even though reading your Bible is a really good thing, right? Jesus plus nothing. This is what grace is. That's how we come to follow Jesus. So it's not Jesus plus baptism. It's not Jesus plus joining the right church. It's Jesus plus nothing. Now, sometimes when people are like, well, I still want to kind of cover my bases here a little bit, right? I, I, you know, maybe, maybe I need to get baptized just in case, like, God's mad at me and I want to get on God's good side or something like that, right? And so sometimes people treat baptism like uh, sort of a good luck charm, like, okay, well, you know, I better get baptized so that God's going to, you know, help me out a little bit. And let's just call that what it is. It's, it's superstitious, right? It's just superstitious, and that's not what we do. Now, actually, back hundreds and hundreds of years ago during the Crusades, when these soldiers that supposedly represented Christianity would march to the Promised Land and kill the infidels along the way, which, again, is not at all what Jesus would have had them to do, but when these knights would go do this, many times knights that were the soldiers, they'd get baptized before they would march, you know, into battle. But what they would often do was they would hold their sword out of the water uh, as a symbol even of saying, okay, here, God, I want your blessing. I want you to be my good luck charm when I go into battle. But when it comes to my sword, well, that's my domain. I'm hanging on to this thing. So, God, I just, you know, just in case, I'm going to get baptized, the good luck charm here, um, but I'm not going to give you all my life. And so, really, what they were doing was getting baptized out of superstition. They were not getting baptized out of a heart to follow Jesus. Now, similar to this kind of superstitious deal, um, a few years ago, there was a comedy. There was a movie made about a professional wrestler. Anybody know what I'm talking about? From uh, Mexico. And in this, yes, in Nacho Libre, they sh- you know, they, they kind of had this superstitious version of what it meant to, you know, you know religion, what it meant. And, and there is this uh, really fun scene that's about a minute long that I probably shouldn't show in church, but hey, no perfect pastors allowed either, right? That's the sign out says. So there's a wrestling scene, and, and uh, Nacho and his wrestling partner, they're going to go into their match against these two guys. But his partner, the wrestling guy, he hasn't been baptized yet. And so they're going to have this match against another team, and this team's called, uh, what are they called, Satan's something. I wrote it down here. Where did they go? Anybody know? Yeah, Satan's cavemen, right? Yeah, that's the guys they're going to fight. So they decide, hey, well, listen, just to be safe, they have this little conversation about baptism, so just go ahead and check that out here right now. I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. How come you have not been baptized? Because I never got around to it, okay? I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. But tonight... We are going up against Satan's caveman. And I just thought it would be a good idea if you... Felicidades. Yeah. That's good. That's good. (laughs) 
That was more water than I planned, sorry. That was, that was Jim's idea, but not with the water, so yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Here. Love you, man. Enjoy Thank yourself. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for not scrambling my pages. Do I have some of that? Thank you. Thank you. All right, listen, that's not how we baptize people around here, okay? It's not out of superstition. Um, baptism is not what gets you, you know, saved. It doesn't, you know, it's not a good luck charm to get God on your side. Um, so you don't have to be baptized in that sense. But uh, when we look at the teachings of Jesus, uh, Jesus commanded that people who follow him would get baptized. In Matthew 28, verse 19, he says this in what we call the Great Commission. He tells his followers, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. So, so if we're followers of Jesus, we want to follow what he teaches, so that's one of the reasons that we get baptized. Now, this can get really confusing because people have lots more questions about this, like, well, what if I was baptized as a baby? Like, does that count? Or what if I was baptized in another church? What then? And, and here's where we in our denomination kind of land on that whole question there, and it's actually kind of unusual, but here in the Evangelical Covenant denomination, which we are a part of, we honor people that want to baptize babies, as well as what we call believer's baptism, which is something that people choose when they're older. Now, again, both camps have lots of reasons why, and usually in a church, it's either one or the other, but we decide we're just, we're just not going to divide on that stuff. Like, when we are baptized, the scripture says we are baptized into the body of Christ. So why would we let baptism turn into this thing that divides us instead of finding ways to unite us about our nuances in this? So if you were baptized as an, an infant or at another church, we do not require you to do it again. However... There are people, like myself, who were baptized as an infant in one church or another. And then, so baptism was chosen for me. And that's a wonderful thing. Like, parents do that as a declaration of faith that their kids will one day decide to follow Jesus. But you can also um, choose later in your life. Baptism was chosen for you. You can then choose at some point to be baptized, and doing that doesn't dishonor your baptism or the decision your family made. It doesn't discredit that. It doesn't say it didn't count. Really, we look at it as a way of reaffirming that baptism by choosing to be baptized. And in fact, today we'll have a couple folks that that's the case for them, where they're going to reaffirm uh, their baptism that was done uh, with them when they were infants, when they were babies. So, now here's another ex uh, really important thing about what baptism is. Baptism, when it happens, it's an external picture of an internal reality. So getting baptized, again, it's not the thing that saves us, but think of baptism this way, okay? Baptism, I think, is similar to wearing a wedding ring, okay? Now, you can have a wedding ring, and I can put this on somebody. Does that make them married? The answer is no, just in case, right? <laughs> You're wearing a wedding ring, but you haven't said the vows, you are not married, right? You're just wearing the ring, just like you, you actually could get baptized and not be a follower of Jesus. You could, you could get baptized. You could wear the ring and not be a follower of Jesus. But if you were someone who went through with the wedding vows 
Now you're married. Let's say that you're married, you went through the wedding vows, but you don't have your ring on at the moment. Are you still married? You guys are getting better. Good. That's good. I don't worry about that one. So, right? You're still married even without your wedding ring, right? But when you do get married and you love your spouse and want the whole world to know, you would want to wear that wedding ring. See, the ring is an external expression. I'm married of this internal reality. I'm married to Heidi. I've made vows to Heidi before God about our union. So I wear my wedding ring. That's similar to baptism in some ways because with baptism, when you decide to follow Jesus, you want everybody to know about it. And so getting baptized is one way to declare publicly with your life that you decided to follow Jesus. For the rest of your life, you are committed to learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And when you become a follower of Jesus, that's this commitment that we make in our heart, in our mind, that's kind of the internal piece, right? When you decide to follow Jesus, that's something we do inside, but God meets you on this inside. He begins to form and shape and change you, and you start to see things on the outside, on the external. So the internal reality is when you come to Jesus, you ask him to forgive your sins, you ask him to change your life, here's what happens internally, and I could, could have put a bunch of scriptures up here, but I'll get those for you later. One of the things that happens internally is you become God's child. He adopts you as his very own. You are now God's child when you come to Jesus and accept him. When you come to Jesus, your sins, you ask for forgiveness, he forgives your sin, he wipes them clean. When you come to Jesus, you're saying, I'm going to turn from this old way that I've been trying to do my life, and I'm going to die to that. I'm going to die to that, and I'm going to step into a new life of following Jesus. So that's the internal reality of what it looks like uh, to commit our lives to following Jesus. So when we do that, internal stuff is going on. The baptism is this external expression of the internal reality. The internal reality. So it's almost like when someone gets into the tank here or gets into the water, um, it's like a fast motion drama. You'll see it in a little bit when we baptize people. We take them and put them under the water, and then we raise them out of the water. So just think through even that process right there. It's the reality of what happens when we start to follow Jesus. We put our trust in him. And so the water represents cleansing. So we go into this water to represent the cleansing that happens to our sins, to our old self, to our old life. And that's part of why we use water is it's a picture of cleansing. And what happens when you get baptized it shows that you are dying to your old story. That's what it looks like to go down into the water. It's identifying with Jesus when he died. And then you are raised again to a new life, just like Jesus was, to live real life following Jesus. Now, unlike Jesus, when we put you down in the water, you're not going to stand there for three days. We, we get you up real quick. Johnny said he thinks I need to hold him under a little longer. I thought that for me too, but we'll, we'll, we'll bypass that too. <laughs> I love Johnny. But this is the picture of what happens, right? We have a new life when we come out of the water. That's the external picture of what's already true inside, right? Here's a scripture about that from the Apostle Paul when he talks about baptism in Romans chapter 6. 
He says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, right? Going down into the water. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives, right? We come out of the water, we get to live a new life. Now, that is such an encouraging thing to me because the new life that we get to live like we're dead to the old stuff, right? We're resurrected. We live this new life. In fact, you might think of it as you get a new start. You get a new start, right? That divorce, that, that depression, that, that, that disgrace that you're ashamed of, that failure, that addiction, the job loss, the, the abortion, the affair, the mental health struggles, the, maybe the crime you committed, the, the prison term you even served, like all that scandal, when that happens, we think, oh, that's the end of my life. That's the end of my story. We think that, right? But in Jesus, that's not the end of your story. You are not doomed to live as a captive to your old story. Now, there will be consequences for that stuff, right? There will be consequences for that stuff. But God is the one that forgives and then redeems you and says, this is not the end of your story. And I'm going to walk through your story with you into a new life, a life of hope. See, God wants to free you from bondage. He wants to deliver you from the fear that you live with. God wants to turn the things that you have mourned over into something that now you can be a person who celebrates and dances. God wants to give you a new identity, a new purpose. He wants to give you a new way of living. And so when you say yes to Jesus, it's like going down into that water, dying to our old life. It's this picture of saying, God, all my old stuff, my burdens, my old hopes, my old dreams, my old way of living, my sins, all of that stuff, I surrender it to you. I die to it. I want to be washed of it, and I want to be raised again to a new life in Jesus. It is freedom. It is freedom. Yes. When you choose that, your story takes a new direction. Your life is fused with the life of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 says, If anyone is in Christ, because now you are in Christ when you receive him, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. A new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things. How many things? All things become new. Now, this doesn't mean that you won't struggle. It doesn't mean that you won't have challenges to deal with. Uh, if you're like me, your old habits don't just kind of disappear. But the truth is, according to what God says, the truest thing about you is that you are a new creation. And so that old stuff that used to define me, that's no longer the deepest, truest thing about me. The truest thing is that God says, I'm a new creation, and I can live into that. And even though it takes time sometimes for that old junk to get resolved or dealt with, here's the good news. You're not alone in your struggle. Right? Jesus is with you as you walk it out and work it out. God is in your story helping make you new and clean and walk through the stuff that you face. See, friends, there's a place. There's a place where stories get turned around, and that place is the cross of Christ. The cross is the place where resurrection, where new life happens. And it's at the foot of the cross when we bow our knee to Jesus. We turn our lives over to him. That's where it all changes. And that's what we're going to celebrate this morning. 
And so what you're going to see in a moment when we bring the folks up to get baptized, you're, you're going to see someone saying, hey, now I'm going to take my story, I'm going to make it a part of Jesus' story. My story is going to be a story of hope and forgiveness and freedom. And whatever it is I deal with on earth, whatever I face here, whatever my problems are, I'm going to die to the old way of dealing with stuff because my sins have been nailed to the cross. And so the enemy does not have a say in my life anymore. The enemy is going to go down because I have a new hope now. I have hope in Jesus and he has raised me up to give me new life. See, friends, everybody has a story. Everybody. Everybody has a story. And it might be a story of real sudden change. Sometimes it's really drastic for some folks, like, whoo, I was going this way, and wow, now I'm going that way. And other folks, it's just real gradual, maybe very quiet, very slow as they move toward change. But everybody fights a battle. Everybody fights a spiritual battle that others can't see. But every time a human being turns to God in their story, Jesus says, when we come to God, Jesus himself says that the angels in heaven celebrate with joy. And so let's join the angels this morning. When somebody comes out of that water, let's celebrate with the angels just like the angels. I want you to cheer them on like crazy because we're going to celebrate the life that the angels in heaven are celebrating as well. Because the cross of Jesus is where stories get turned around. Amen? Yeah. All right, if we can go get the kids and the kids' workers, it'll take just a couple minutes. Chat with somebody next to you for a moment. We're going to get the kids in here. If you've got really little littles, you might want to grab them when they come in the back here so they're not, you know, running around. The older ones will probably find you. We're going to be okay with commotion and walking around. I'll begin uh, in about a minute here after we get the kids that are starting to come in. So just say hello to the person next to you real quick. this. I think I better hide this so Jim doesn't get me back here. <laughs> All right. All right, hey, just a couple logistics while the kids are coming in. We're going to do something a little different. Again, remember, this is a celebration, right? So what are we going to do when people come up out of the water? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. We're also going to do something a little different uh, this time. I've never done this before, but Jim had a great idea. Um, and so while we're actually dunking folks, uh, we're going to sing and worship together. But still, when they come up out of the water, it doesn't matter where we end the song. Just, I still want you to, no, don't do the little fake little golf clap, okay? Right? Just let her rip and celebrate with these guys when they come up. Yep. Tear it up. And also, 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 here, again, we're, we're, we're not super formal here at Hope. So when, if you know the person in the tank... Maybe you've been in an alpha group with them or you know them from like family members or friends. What I want you to do when they get up in here into the tank, it's not going to be long, so you're going to have to move quick, but just get right up here and I want you to take pictures and just be around them here, right down here, just be around them. In fact, elders, why don't you kind of gather up here so you can be up here as well. But when those folks are getting dunked, get ready to move toward it and it'll be just a few minutes here before we get there. All right, baptism candidates, will you guys come line up right here? Right behind me. Come on up if you're getting baptized today. Yeah, let's give him a hand. Yes.
All right, let's start right here. We'll go that away. And there was another one here. Wonderful. We're missing Brittany still, right? Brittany, Brittany? Where's Brittany? She's doing fun kids, things with the kids, so. Do we have any kids that still need to find a parent back there? Are we good? Oh, look at that. They're coming on a rope. Literally, they're holding a rope as they come in. That is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Woo. All right, if you've got little littles, they're on a rope back here. You better go get them. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. Let's, uh, we got the kids squared away. Hey, Brittany. Hey, all right. Good job. Hey, Brittany's working on our staff with our kids now, by the way. Whoa. Yeah. So I'm going to start with Brittany. I'm going to play Phil Donahue, and I'm just going to go down the line here, and uh, I'm going to ask you guys each a question we talked about before. Uh, why is it that you want to get baptized today? So Brittany, we'll start with you. Um, so I gave my life to Christ in 2015, so I think it's just time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. My man, Johnny, what do you got, sir? I had to down. <laughs> All right, so with Jesus Christ by my side, I would never be alone again. Yes. And with God with me, I would never be afraid of Yes. <laughs> Bruce, yes, sir. Yes, uh, this is a rebaptism. I was baptized as a child in a covenant church. Awesome. And uh, went away to college and went off the rails for many years. <laughs> And uh, I'm back. I'm now a member of this church. Yes. And uh, so I'm yes. reaffirming my faith. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Bruce. So honored, man. Thank you. And you, fine young gentleman, who, 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 who's, who's your dad and mom? You didn't know I was going to ask that question, right? <laughs> so our youth pastor, Will and Christy, this is their, these are their boys here. So tell us your name and why you yeah. want to get baptized. My name is Aiden, and I want to get baptized because I commend my life to Jesus. I love Amen. it. Yeah. Woo! And you, sir, what's your name and why are you getting baptized today? Um, my name is Grayson, and uh, the, because, because I want to come out. Commit my life to Jesus. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Woo. All right. Thanks, and Josh, uh, your parents are sharing their story next week. Tell us why you're getting baptized today. Um, I've chosen to trust Jesus in every aspect of my life. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Woo. Yeah. Now. People of Hope, this isn't just them making a commitment today. The family of Hope makes a commitment to people who get baptized as a part of our church family. So I want to ask all of you something. There's going to be a question here on the screen, and you get to reply, I will, as part of our commitment. So let me ask it this way. People of Hope, will you commit to pray for and help these brothers and sisters follow Jesus, standing, them with, standing with them as sisters and brothers in the family of God? If so, say, I will. Well. All right, excellent. Um, let me pray. Let me pray and just invite the Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, as we do this, it's so cool how you show up in this act of baptism. When, when Jesus was baptized, you showed up and spoke words over him. I pray that these brothers and sisters this morning now would hear your words of love to them as they follow you into this baptism 
pool. Yes, Jesus. Amen. All right, Amen. now, guys, I have a question for you, two questions as a group. The first one is this. Have you each trusted Christ as your only hope for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. All right. And is it your desire to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Okay, well then let's do this. Friends and family, we're going to gather around. We're going to start with you. No, who are we starting with? We're starting with Bruce. All right. Worship team, you can lead us.